Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, October 23rd. Man, it's been so nice to focus on the Titans football game this week, right? So as we head into the weekend, let's go even deeper into this ridiculously important football game between the Steelers and the Titans. I thought we'd bring in Mr. Effer himself, Mike Herndon, co-host of the Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media, to talk some ball, to give us his perspective on the most important matchups and how the Titans roster looks heading into the massive AFC showdown. I think it all comes down to whether they can block that front four. Um, you know, and it'll be harped on all week, I'm sure, but Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, even uh, Tyson Alu-Alu, really, really stout front. I think it's the best front in the entire NFL. And obviously the Titans dealing with that without Taylor Lewan. I, I think that's the story of the game. If they can block the front well enough to give Tannehill time, well enough to get Henry some creases, the, the Steelers are going to be without their best linebacker and Devin Bush. So they've got a, you know, a guy that Titans fans are probably a little bit familiar with and Robert Spillane stepping in, but obviously a huge talent drop off there. If they can get past that first level of defense, I think there's some, some opportunities to exploit the Steelers on the back end, but if they can't crack through that initial front, then, you know, it, it, that'll all be for naught. Are you more concerned with that matchup or the flip side of the game where you've got all of these weapons and a Hall of Fame quarterback calling the shots, attacking a defense that statistically not exactly on the same level as the Steelers? You know, I, I feel like with the Titans at this point, and it's really bizarre to say as somebody who's followed this team for a long time, I feel like if the offense can do its thing, they can they can keep up with anybody, right? I mean, if the defense steps up and plays a great game, great. But I almost feel like as long as the offense can keep that front four from just devouring Ryan Tannehill, I think they're, they can put up 30 and, you know, come down to the end of the ball game with a chance to win it. So, I, you know, I do think on the flip side of that, you know, they've got to get pressure. Big Ben is a little bit different target than what we've seen the past couple of weeks. You know, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, you know, arguably the second and third, maybe fourth most mobile quarterbacks in the entire NFL, Kyler Murray and uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously being the other two, but those, those guys are mobile they're able to break tackles able to move and buy extra time big ben's gonna be a stationary guy and he still breaks tackles he's still tough to ring down when you actually get to him but i mean he's not gonna move off the spot very much so i i think you want to see some interior pressure from like simmons Clowney, stuff like that if they can get some pressure on him i think they could they could make this a tougher game than they did against watson and and even allen who struggled but still they he beat himself more than the titans uh beating him what do you make of the state of the roster heading into this weekend? The COVID thing is behind them. Corey Davis has been activated. Dory Jackson practiced with the team this week. Looks like Jonu Smith is going to give it a go. You know, Isaiah Wilson hasn't practiced. So what, what do you make of the state of the roster heading into this weekend as far as any concerns about personnel? You know, I think it's probably the healthiest overall that they've been for a game from really going back to the very start of the season. I mean, A.J. Brown was clearly not himself week one. Now you've got him full strength. You've got Corey Davis back. You've got Adam Humphreys back. So this is actually the first time that I think they're going to have all three of their main receivers fully healthy since I think like 
Oakland last year, which it's been been a while. But, you know, they've got that full complement. Getting a Dory back would be absolutely massive. I don't know if he'll actually play this week or not. He at least has a chance to now that he's on the practice field. But they need him desperately. He's their best corner, and it's not close. And being without him, I think, is certainly hamstrung that defense. And, um, you know, the big, the big question mark, obviously, is what happens at left tackle with Ty Sambrello, you know, coming in for the one. But, you know, they've been without Lawan for a lot of snaps already. So, and it has, the world hasn't cratered in on them yet. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, but I think they're healthier as a whole than they have been all year. Thanks to Mike Herndon for giving us some insight there. Check him out, of course, on football and other F words from Broadway sports media. Make sure you rate review and subscribe. Of course, this is one of those times where two things can be true. I, I agree with him that the Titans offensive line will have its hands full this weekend with the Steelers defensive front. And I think the Titans secondary is facing its toughest test to date, including Deshaun Watson last week. I am not in the prediction business anymore, so I do not have a pick for you. And frankly, it almost feels a little disrespectful to the magnitude of this game and the hype it deserves to argue about what the final score is going to be. So let's all just sit back, crack a beer, and enjoy two 5-0 professional football teams running full speed into each other for 60 minutes. So what do you need to know about the SEC this weekend? Because trying to analyze the third Saturday in October feels like both a waste of your time and mine. Take Bama, lay the points. Quarterback is obviously a huge story around the conference this weekend. Bo Nix is under a lot of scrutiny down at Auburn. Kentucky's Terry Wilson played well enough last weekend to keep his job, at least for now. LSU is without starter Miles Brennan against South Carolina this weekend. And Tennessee fans are pitching a giant temper tantrum about Jarek Garantano in Knoxville. Nix is not really in danger of losing his job on the Plains, but Gus Malzahn might be, and the Tigers' trip to Oxford this weekend is enormous for the job security of the Auburn coach. If Nix can stay in the pocket more and take care of the football, the Tigers should win and at least keep the pitchforks and torches at bay for one more week. Wilson is quarterbacking the better team in the Kentucky-Missouri matchup, but the Tigers have the more intriguing signal caller right now. Richard freshman Connor Bazelak torched LSU a few weeks ago, looked pretty good against Tennessee too, and will now face a really good big blue defense, so we're all going to find out just how good he might be, or how bad LSU is. Speaking of LSU, I, I don't know where the bottom is for the Bayou Bengals this year, and after the stay of execution last weekend, Coach O will attempt to right the ship this weekend against the South Carolina team coming off a nice win against Auburn last week without his starting quarterback. Which brings us, of course, to the Big Orange. For Tennessee, it doesn't really matter who plays quarterback this weekend against Alabama because the outcome of the game really isn't in question. But as the fans try to blame one player for all of the issues, Jeremy Pruitt has a highly scrutinized decision coming about the future of his program at the quarterback position. The Vols yo-yoed guys in and out of the lineup last year, but part of the reason the team went on a late run was because Garantano played well enough to get the majority of the snaps, even if he didn't start all the time. And they won games because of it, among many other things. The most complicated part of this issue for Pruitt is that it's not just a one-day, one-game, one-half decision. It's an ongoing, ever-present evaluation. Unless, this weekend or otherwise, it becomes obvious. Which probably would be the best thing for Tennessee fans. Either number one, Harrison Bailey steps onto the field and unequivocally proves that he is the dude to run the offense. Or number two... Bailey steps onto the field and shows us that he's simply not ready to play QB1 in the SEC yet. One would be a great turn of events that would, rightly so, cause a ton of excitement about the program, and the other, well, the death spiral would continue. I guess we're all going to find out together what Pruitt's plan is, because whoever he picks, his job is to get good quarterback play, regardless of who's under center. 
After two of the best offensive showings of the season and inching their way closer to a playoff spot, Nashville SC returns to action tonight. That's right, Friday night at Nissan Stadium against the New England Revolution in what is a massive showdown with huge implications. The squad has scored three goals in each of its last two matches and is looking to keep the pressure on in a bid to make the MLS Cup. Tonight is so important that I've called in another expert. That's right, we welcome Ben Wright from Broadway Sports Media to give us a sense of how important this game is and what fans should be watching for tonight when the boys in gold take the pitch. Nashville SC finally seemed to be clicking on offense. After struggling to build cohesion to start the season and then going through an injury crisis, they're finally getting healthy and putting things together in the final third. Tonight will be their second match against New England this season. In the first match, Nashville went on the road without a healthy striker and really played with the sole intent of keeping a clean sheet. New England took 17 shots to Nashville's four that night, and a team of the week performance from goalkeeper Joe Willis was the only thing that got Nashville out of Foxborough with a point. It should be a totally different kind of game tonight. Daniel Rios returned from injury on Tuesday to score a spectacular goal, and new designated player Jonder Cadiz opened his account in a gold shirt with a deflected shot from range. It won't be easy, though. New England have won four of their five last matches, and under former U.S. national team manager Bruce Arena, the once underperforming side has turned into one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. On top of that, Nashville will likely be without Hani Mukhtar, who was on the injury report for the second straight match. He was the catalyst in their 3-1 win over Houston last week, and Nashville will look to Randall Ayal to step up in his absence. A win for Nashville would push them into 7th place in the Eastern Conference, and would be a huge boost for their chances of hosting a playoff match in their first season. Special thanks to Mike Herndon from Football and Other F-Words, as well as Ben Wright, both of course from Broadway Sports Media, for joining us today. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Please go vote, rate, review, and subscribe the show as well. That's how we grow it. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you for listening. This has been the 440 for Friday, October 23rd. 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.